Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. All right, another episode of the Talking Metal podcast coming at you on a Tuesday. Talking Metal Tuesdays, how are you guys? We have Jeff Pilsen of Foreigner, formerly of Dockin', and about a hundred other bands, uh, including Black Swan, a band that put out a release back in early 2020 that I just loved. So we're going to talk with Jeff Pilsen in just a bit. Always great to talk with Jeff. And we're also going to talk with legendary drummer Carmine Apice, an interview that I conducted in his penthouse apartment in Midtown Manhattan. Wow. Uh, it took place before COVID, obviously, but... Right now, I've been uh, editing together the video, working with an actual video editor just because I'm too busy to do it myself, and we are posting little blocks of that great video that I did with Carmine on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash talking metal. So we're going to play a clip, basically, a part of the interview where Carmine talks about his time with Ozzy Osbourne on today's podcast episode, which you are listening to right now so stay tuned for all that and before we get into the episode with john astronomy by the way um let's thank the people who make this happen our two new guys glenn watson and joey bancheri also shouting out all our other patrons gene eugene dx sean richmond mario charance jeremy weltman chris riley johan enderstrom who offered to cook me a meal if I come over to uh, Sweden. Dude, you, you got to be careful because I'm the type of guy who will actually do something like that, um, especially if there's some live music involved with my trip over there. After this COVID crap, man, I'm, it's going to be like I'm, I'm going to be in a free-for-all, man, going crazy, traveling, partying, hanging out, hugging random people. I'm, I'm ready to go. Thank you, Johan, for your support on Patreon. Steven Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Gregory Muse, Kenny, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo from Alaska, Brad from Utah, Richard Langridge, Dan Gurwan, Andrew Miller, Jerry from Long Island, Sam Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Joe Ryan, Jason Seth, Stephen Saylor, Ron Keel, Jean-Francois Blas, Anthony Mackey, James Bennett, Fred Roots, David Gray, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, John Buavari, Metal Dan, and uh, and that's it. And I, yeah, let's throw Victor Ruiz in there. Victor Ruiz, who does the bonus podcasts on my Patreon page. Some with me, some solo. So 
yeah, check them out and join us all on Patreon. It's a party. It's a hangout. It's a way to support the show. Other ways you can support the show are by using the Amazon links available on markstriegel.net. You can also leave a PayPal donation on that site. And the cool thing about that site, all things Mark Striegel linked from that site, M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L. All right, let's do it right now on Talking Metal. This is Talking Metal, established in 2005. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and at TalkingMetal.com. All right, we are rocking it here on episode 905 of the Talking Metal podcast, which was started back in 2005 by the man I am looking at on Zoom right now. I guess this is only audio, so you will uh, you will not be seeing him, but uh, he is looking good. He's got all the guitars set up and as usual in the background. John Astronomy, how are you, man? Happy I'm good, Mark. I'm I'm really good. A happy new year. I'm happy to be uh, doing a talking metal podcast. Absolutely. Uh, the the good old days of talking metal are returning. Yeah, it, quicker than you know, man. Because something happened today. I'll tell you, something happened today. That Amazing. One step closer to uh, getting me back to uh, roaming the streets. It is. Uh, I got okay. my first dose. Of the you got the vaccine. vaccine today. Yeah. That is amazing. I got the jab. Mark. I got the jab. And it's a little crazy how I ended up because I know people right now are scratching their heads saying, uh, is Mark a, a healthcare worker? Is is Mark a policeman or fireman? No, I'm not. But long story short, I'll keep it short, is I live in a county called Essex County. When the website went live, EssexCovid.org, I was one of the first people on the website. I wow. signed up and basically nothing happened. I got a text from them saying, thanks for your application. And so three weeks go by and I'm like, well, they're not going to, I didn't lie. I'm not a healthcare worker or anything. So right. they're never going to give it to me. And all of a sudden I get an email. It's like from Essex County. I'm surprised I didn't even delete it. Cause, Cause it was like, yeah, yeah I usually like delete mail. emails. I don't know what they are. And yeah, but I clicked on it and said, you've been approved for the vaccine. Come in two days to get the vaccine. And I'm like, what? Well, and your amazing. second dose will be February 4th. So I'm like, I tell Emily, I'm like ecstatic. I'm just, she's like, you're going to no, Meanwhile, I turn on the news and governor Cuomo from New York is like, anyone who isn't supposed to be getting the vaccine will oh, be arrested right. and fined. And I, <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my God. So anyways, I call long story short, I call Essex County and I, after like 30 calls, I finally get through and I get some guy on the phone and I explain what happened. And he said, when did you sign up? I said, the day the website went live. He said, well, you're lucky. He said, because the CDC put their guidance in place the day after our website went live. So what wow. we've been doing is when there is a hole and there's no healthcare worker, we're taking one of those people who signed up and dropping them in. Day. Right. Yeah. So Good I felt you. bad. I mean, I'm there and it's like, you know, like the, there was a guy, police, police officer in front of me in uniform, but, but, but what am I going to do? Turn it down. They told me right. to come. So I yeah, went, they, yeah, they told you to come. You're just doing what they told you to do and good for you, Mark. And that means we can, you can go out and do whatever you want. Yeah. Although not tonight, I would be drinking dash vodka right now, but the, the nurse who jabbed me, she said, do me a favor, take it easy tonight, get some rest, you know? Okay. And so I, I didn't even do, I didn't work out. I didn't do anything. I'm just, I'm really taking it seriously, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, 
it starts to protect you like in 10 days and then you know in 21 or something you go back for that second shot and then you're like after that you're like totally good to go so that is really good so, yeah, so. I, I didn't even you know mike lincoln of like it fame uh my band uh sent me a link today and uh, i haven't clicked on it yet but you know I, I i really want my parents and my grandmother to get it and they're in a different state they're in pennsylvania and then i'll feel a lot better once they have it I'm not necessarily as worried about myself, but but it, it, your situation is different because you have a family and kids and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but it's like my mom has diabetes. My wife has asthma. It's like they should have been getting it before me. Uh, what, what am I what am I to do? I, I was yeah. like this neurotic guy, like this, like the second it was like buying concert tickets. You know, the second yeah. they went on sale, That's I was good like, for you. good. To, trying to get on there and it 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 i guess paid off although i know some people like i'm afraid to like tell my neighbors like i'll tell i'll tell the thousands of people listening to this podcast but but but, yeah my neighbors and stuff i just don't want protest outside your house yeah yeah so (laughs) anyways but Uh it's great to it's great to hang with you john and we will definitely be hanging in person yeah this year 2021 sooner than later i do want to give a big shout out to uh my man drake he is a talking metal listener, and he is the guy who suggested I interview Max Portnoy of of Tala, and oh, cool. I and that was on the last episode, and I forgot to thank him on the episode. So thank you, nice. Drake, for a turning me on to the great band Tala, and b for pushing me to line up an interview with Mike Portnoy's son Max and his bandmate uh, Cooper, who was the basis of the band. It was great talking with those guys. So and this yeah. is not to be confused. This is Drake, the talking metal listener and viewer not Drake, the famous rapper. Correct. Well, before we get into our interview with Jeff Pilsen, a guy who I've been uh, hooking up with every Monday night to take his meditation class on Zoom, believe it or not. Jeff, of course, was in one of my favorite bands, Dokken, and plays in Foreigner and release all sorts, releases all sorts of great new music all the time. So, and we, John and I spoke with him on our live stream not too right. long ago, but he is right. back on, on this episode of the Talking Metal podcast. Nice. Uh, great guy. So, we're going to talk to him in a minute, but let's just run down some maybe current events or current news stories that may have caught our eye. I got to tell you, John, I'm excited for the new Todd Latore. Yes. Uh, solo yeah, I've been seeing the, the press Queen's releases. Right- Come in and the emails and uh, that sounds great. I, I I'd love to get him on some point. Yeah, we will work on that. Actually, I'm already working on that. Kevin, uh, the PR guy, is is working with Todd, so we'll try to get him on that. I hope you and I can do a live stream soon. Again, maybe we'll get Todd on that. Maybe he'll come on a, a Talking Metal podcast episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm blown sure. away by Todd because of of multiple reasons. One, he's you know to, to he's such a great singer to to sing for Queensrÿche. You've got to be you know probably one of the the best singers in in all of heavy metal, but I am also blown away that he's such a good drummer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He played drums on the last Queensryche record. I mean, he's a great drummer. That is out of control. Like, but but speaking of great drummers, we lost Neil Peart exactly one year ago today, John. I don't know if you know that, but we yeah, are I recording didn't this it was a year ago. Yeah, yeah, we are recording this on the seventh. You guys will be hearing it a few days later, but January seventh, one year, Neil Peart has left us one year ago, and you just told me a really cool little Neil Peart thing, which I I actually put on Instagram recently. But why don't you tell us the little Neil 
tribute, I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was I was watching the Kiss uh, New Year's Eve concert. I'm sorry, my uh, phone is uh, going off. Hey, no worries. I was watching the New Year's Eve Kiss show uh, from Dubai, and I noticed that uh, uh, on Eric Singer's bass drums, he had the Starman logo. Yeah. which is the, the the famous Rush logo. And uh, Eric, uh, it turns out that Eric was a, a huge fan and his guitar, I mean, his drum tech, Lorne, uh, was Neil's tech. And he's working with Kiss right now and with Eric. And it, it was all Eric's idea. And uh, on each of the drum heads uh, on the bottom, uh, underneath the Kiss logo was the Starman logo on each of them. So uh, how cool is that, that he paid tribute both to Neil and also to Lauren, who who was uh, Neil's tech. So and, and Neil's tech is working with Kiss. So how, how great is that? That uh, it's awesome. You know that Eric would do that, and uh, it just shows that uh, he he was such a fan of Neil Peart and and had so much respect for him that uh, he did that. And I think that it's really cool that Kiss, you know, uh, uh, even okayed that and allowed that to uh, happen because it was such a great uh, tribute to literally somebody so important in in rock and heavy metal and and also just in drumming you know absolutely in the drum world neil neil was was literally he he was like the eddie van halen of drummers in in rock for sure right on right on so you watched the dubai show john what what did you think did you enjoy it yeah i did i did i didn't watch it the night of um I watched it the the next day and uh, it, it was good. I had seen a few YouTube clips like prior to that and and I thought they were cool, but it, it was I, I once I saw it like on a, on a larger screen and with better sound, um, I thought it was even better than what what I saw on YouTube. And uh, I thought it was cool. I thought the production was insane and uh, I think it was cool. I, I wish I could have been out there, but uh I mean, I, I had a great, great New Year's and I'll tell you what I'll tell you all about it after yeah. the podcast. Uh, I mean, I, I had literally the the best New Year's uh, oh, good. anyone could add. And uh, but I will I'm going to save that for a conversation after we're done. Right. But um, and, and I thank everybody who made my New Year's uh, as cool as it was. But but yeah, I was, um, uh, you know, I wanted to watch the Kiss thing and I thought they sounded great. I thought the guitar sounds uh, were amazing specifically. That was one thing that I, I noted that the, the guitar, like the rhythm guitar sound. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was it was a combo of Paul's guitar and Tommy's guitar. But I thought uh, that it was really, really a good guitar sound. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I said that to Emily when we were watching it. Wow, the guitars sound good. Wow, but it was a it was a great great show, and we we do need to get into the interview with Jeff Pilson. But let let me ask you this: Why Dubai? I've been trying to figure that out. So, do you think the tourism board or something chipped in a little money? Because I have to admit, now I'm like, I was like Googling Dubai and I'm like, oh, maybe I need to take a trip over there. I know. Yeah. Well, I, see, here's the thing. If you watched a little bit of the pre-show. Um, Which I didn't. They explained, uh, Doc McGee explained what happened. And, and basically a lot of people had been coming to him, you know, you know, for years saying, let's do one of these big pay-per-view type concerts and let's do it from Gene's house or let's do it from there. And they were kind of like on a smaller scale. And and Doc was just like, and I, I've, I wish that I had enough like experience as a 
quote manager um, to to be able to talk like he talks. But he's just like, look, we we don't kiss doesn't do anything on a small scale. If we're going to do something, we're going to you know go all out. And and what happened was uh, they they were looking at different places. They were looking at Australia, maybe. And I'm just hypothetically throwing these out, but he mentioned a few places. And I think in in a, a lot of cases. Uh, a lot of these places just weren't, wouldn't even allow something like that concert to take place due to COVID restrictions. So okay. I think I think Dubai was selected for more than one reason, but uh, I think one of the reasons was it, it it was a place that would allow them to do that. And I initially, when I heard Dubai, thought that uh, it, it could have been. It related to financial reasons as well. And uh, who knows, but um, well, it may have been, yeah, that could have played into it. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, depending on, you know, the, there's a promoter and I mean, and when I say financial reasons, it, it, there's like a number, I mean, that's not, that's, there's nothing politically incorrect about saying that it's, 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 it's saying that certain, depending on what kind of costs there were involved in the space and different things that could have played into it. And, it, you know, I, I didn't watch, you know, the pre-show, like, you know, uh, every second of it, but, but uh, I'd like to learn more about the promoter and how that whole concert got put together, because that's, I'm just interested in that kind of stuff. Cause it's sort of like what I do. Um, and, uh, so I, I think that Dubai was selected initially because it was a place that would allow something like this to happen. Right. And, and then I think there were other reasons too, but, uh, but it was right. the, the thing that's interesting though, is that, and I, I'll, I'll wrap this up is that if you were one of the people lucky enough to be kind of hanging out there watching the stage was so big that the, the band members were like, tiny on stage yeah. because the stage was big. So it, this concert, I think, was better suited for video and for people watching it from home. And it was just huge. Uh, and uh, I mean, I think it would have looked amazing there. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, it worked well as a pay-per-view event. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it worked well. I enjoyed watching it. And let's right now, John, get into my interview with Jeff Pilson. We're going to talk about his meditation class, his music, and I'll have links up in the show notes to where you can connect with Jeff every Monday night. Like I do almost every Monday night. I don't do it quite every Monday night, but most Monday nights for 30 minutes of yoga and meditation. I do highly recommend it. And I'd love to see you guys there with me. So yeah, maybe, maybe one of these days I'll try it, Mark. Now here, my question is, would they let a guy who uh, is not physically fit and uh, not in shape join that class? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, I mean, th there's some Jeff talks about that in the interview, actually. Okay, so, so that'll be so great. We'll, we'll let him here. explain that. But the short okay. answer to your question, John, is yes. And let's right now hear from Mr. Jeff Wilson. <laughs> former bassist of Dokken, current bassist of Black Swan and Foreigner. Nice. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and I am here with the bassist of Foreigner and a guy I guess I can now call my meditation instructor. Jeff, how are you, man? <laughs> hey, great to be here. I'm good. Very good. <laughs> And and I want to get into what I've been doing with you on uh, Monday evenings in the East Coast here, I guess afternoons, West Coast. But before we do that, let's talk about the 
heavy hitters record that is out right now. Uh, you and George teaming up with some some really great vocalists. I mean, when I listened to this, I was like, wow, th- these guys are delivering. Can you can you tell us who the vocalists are on this record and maybe sure. talk a little bit about this covers album? Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, heavy hitters was a concept that started because George did a re-release of a project that he had called Kill All Control. And Cleopatra, the label, asked him if on the re-release they could do a bonus track. And what they suggested as the bonus track was a song Somebody to Love by Louis Capaldi. Very right. much a pop song. Um, but they asked George if he would do a version of that. So he called me and he said, hey, would you do this with me? And I said, absolutely. And we did. And we got um, Brian Tishy to play drums. And we got Will Martin to sing the song. Well. That was the first time I'd ever worked with Will. Will is just phenomenal. So um, anyways, the track came out fabulous. The label was really happy. And in fact, they loved it so much that they offered us to do an entire record of covers like that. So that's what we did. So that's why the concept was, you know, taking hit songs from different eras. And that's the hit in Heavy Hitters, you know? Right, Um, right. So anyways, so the singers, uh, the singer on most of the songs is Will Martin who is absolutely fabulous. He's in a band called Earshot. And um, he's just a talented guy with a great voice, great guy. Um, it, it was just a real joy. Um, and then we have Mark Tureen from the Bullet Boys. Sure. You Got the Love by Rufus, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Just, I mean, he just, it's a real, it's a real goosebumps inspiring version that Mark sang on there. And it just, it's so great because that's a song that George and I have talked about for the 37 years we've 38 years we've known each other. Right um, and, and it's, it's, we've always wanted to either cover it and we've ripped it off in various versions over the years. Yeah. But, um, we got to do this version and we were so happy. And then Mark just really came through and delivered the goods. So, so there's that. Uh, I sing one song, but it, that was an afterthought to be honest with you. Right. I mean, I, I, I I actually didn't intend to sing anything, um, but and, uh, and Angelo I, I from all, Fishbone is involved too, or Angelo more from Fishbone, yes. And and what happened was, and this is a very unfortunate thing, um, he did a rapping version of "End of the World" as we know it. Okay. And what he did was brilliant. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant, and and I wish we could have used it, but the label came back and said, number one, they didn't really want rap. And number two, which I understand for our audience, I get that. You right. know, I'm not a huge rap fan, but what he did was so great. <laughs> Anyways, and then the the other thing is, to make his version work, he had to change lyrics, and they they were worried about what the copyright issues and stuff like that. Yeah, correct. So, anyways, last minute, I just sang it, did it, whatever. Um, uh, I really think that Will and Mark are the vocalists to concentrate on this record. I think they just did a fabulous, fabulous job. And I'm I'm just really excited about the whole record. Yeah, so many great covers on there. I love that Madonna <laughs> cover. Yeah, uh, I was really music, pleased. Music, yeah, it, 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 rocks. It sounds like a good rock song, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a cover record, but you really do put a unique spin on, on these songs, right, you know? Right, it's, it's right. Never, it's never, uh, you know, you mimicking the original. So fun yeah, stuff. It, yeah, and, and George would come up with guitar parts underneath the chorus or whatever that, wow, that's, that's really cool. That would be a great song, you know? So right yeah, it was, it was really fun. It done all remotely, you know, because of COVID, but, sure. uh, but really fun. 
right on. And one thing that I've gotten into with, with COVID, I started with using some, some different apps. And then I found out about your, your class, which I've been thoroughly enjoying. And it's, you know, such a weird time. And I, 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 there's so much anxiety and I feel even like, like I'm losing my cool with my kids sometimes more than normal. And, and meditation, I feel like has, has really kind of helped bring me these past two months, like really kind of bring me back a little bit. And I'm already kind of feeling the effects of it. I know it's not something that maybe is instantaneously. Can you talk about meditation? And let's first plug your class, which is is hot hot for yoga. Uh, And I do it East Coast time, which is every Monday at 8 p.m. West Coast, 5 p.m. Correct, correct. And it's hotforyogascb.com is the website. If you go to that website, you will find the information you need. You got to look a little bit, but you'll find the information you need to sign up for the virtual classes, which is where the meditation class is. Uh, if you live in, you know, in our area, which is Santa Clarita, California, then, you know, they, there are in-person classes they can conduct outside and we have a way of doing it that's all safe and good. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, wherever you are in the world, you could attend the virtual classes. And like I say, that's hotforyogascb.com. And, um, and so I, I've been doing this meditation class, like you say, Mondays, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And basically, you're right. I mean, this is this is a very, very strange time we're in. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a we haven't had a pandemic in this country for 100 years, this widespread. Um, and and uh, it's affected everybody. And it, it affects your psyche. It affects your because it affects so much of your life. It can't help but affect your state of mind. Um, and, and I just found, I mean, I've been meditating for several years, but, but the reason for the classes is I found that I think this is a real pertinent time to be working on ourselves, you know, to, yeah. to, to take care of our, you know, the, the crazy, crazy, crazy amount of thought and distraction that goes on with the mind that really does, um, it really takes away from our inner peace. And I think we all deserve inner peace. And I think it's what we all are seeking on some level. Um, and I just find that for meditation, it's just the purest, um, most honest way of dealing with the psyche, dealing with the extraneous thoughts and learning to, to put them in their proper place. Um, you know, I mean, I, I myself have gone through some dark times in this pandemic, just, you know, your mind can't help but just go into dark places. We're doing different things than usual. Uh, and I find the meditation has just been so powerful in bringing me back to center and calming me down, but also giving me a lot of clarity and and energy. I feel like I have energy to deal with this whole thing. And and like I say, the clarity to know what's going on, you know, um, it's a crazy world we live in right now. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy, crazy world. Um, but I I'm trying to look at it as one big gift. It's a pause from our day-to-day rigmarole that we go through. It's a, we're forced to stop to some degree. And I think that that can be a very healthy thing if applied right. And meditation is the tool I found that best helps me apply that to, to my life. Right on. And, you know, we take these classes Monday, which are great. And I'll, I'll go into a little more detail with you on the actual classes. But the one thing that I like to do then is, is practice what we, we take away from the class during well, the week. Because that's the crux of it. You have to practice, you know, it, it really is. 
it is something that is only gained by the experience of doing it. <laughs> and in the class, we, we start out with some physical uh, activities, too. There is some yoga, like, I guess, yoga stretching, and um, that is something that happens in that. Like, I feel a, like a, a rush and a relaxation that comes out of that even before we get to the actual yeah. meditation. Your body physically is responding to the yeah. release of what, Jeff? Endorphins? Well, there's some, some of that. It's mostly the release of toxins, though. Toxins. You, I'm sorry. Yeah. When, yeah. when you release the toxins, you're, you're, you're just clearer, period. And you do feel better. And your energy flow is better. And yoga exercises are very specifically geared. And by the way, to anybody that wants to know, these are very simple. It's very, very easy. This is not something where you have to have any experience right. before with yoga or meditation or anything else. We do this very simple. I'm trying to just present some very simple postures, like you say, to help uh, cleanse the body, cleanse, you know, slow down the mind, keep the breathing nice and regular and even, um, keep your circulation good. And then very simple yoga, uh, um, yeah, yoga meditation techniques, as you know, uh, they're very simple. They're very, yeah. very simple, but they do take practice. And the practice is what makes it really work. You know, as they say, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Exactly. And, and you know, that music analogy right there that you, you had is interesting because something I've thought about recently is, you know, when I'm out walking my dog, sometimes I'll, I'll put the, the headphones on, I'll listen to music. And sometimes I just get lost in that music and I'm in the moment with the music that I'm listening to. Or when I'm playing my guitar, I'm in the moment there. And that's in some ways a similar feeling that I get with the meditation because it, it takes you out of your, your, your conscious in a way and, and puts you in, in yeah. the moment. Is that, is, is there, is there a relationship between how we respond to music and meditation? Well, I believe so. I mean, you know, a lot of musicologists have done studies and they find that uh, there's all sorts of things, you know, the meditative state does put you into alpha, which is, you know, a much more conducive state for listening and creativity and all that other kind of thing. Um, but I think it goes deeper than that. I, I think, um, I think music is, and this now we're getting deep here, but I, I personally think that music is is a an evolutionary step in mankind. And you know, they, wow. they only think that melodic music has been around a little over seven, maybe ten thousand years. Okay. But that before that it was primarily rhythmic. Right. I, I tend to believe I, I, I think that, you know, they don't have obviously any evidence. So my tells me there was some kind of singing or chanting or something going on right. long before that. But I can see where the idea of accompanying it with instruments is only seven or ten thousand years old and and that so when you think about it that means that's pretty new in the scale of human evolution right um, and the thing is music is a communication because it it uh it, it speaks to something that words don't even if they're the words in the music speaking to you there's something about the combination of rhythm melody and either lyric or you know sonic imagery that does have an effect on the mind and on the the psyche and the yeah. spirit and and i just i think it's part of the upward evolution of the of the of the human spirit that we have got music somebody said to me yesterday i or i read something that somebody said you know in light of all the events at the capitol yesterday they sure. said you know they said something like is it a coincidence that this would happen you know after 9 months of no live concerts and no anything else you know it's it's as if people need music 
to soothe their soul a little bit, yeah. you know? And I, I know I do. I mean, I, you know, if I didn't have music, I don't know what I'd do, but, um, well, I'd meditate more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, but yes, I think there's definitely a correlation between music and meditation. And I think a lot of it is just a very pure spiritual plane of existence. I think they both operate on that. You're right on, right on. So let's remind people, Hot for Yoga, Jeff's class is every Monday. You do other classes in person, I well, guess. In That's right. And there's all there's also uh, Bikram Yoga classes available on the yeah. virtual site. Uh, and there's pol Hot Pilates, well, <laughs> depending on your environment, but Pilates right. classes that are fabulous. I got to say, I've been doing two Pilates classes a week, too. Wow. That's been, that's been, that's been helping a lot. You know? You've been so, instructing them? No, 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 no. Just taking them. My wife taking them. Them. Right. But, okay, uh, gotcha. And she's not so bad to look at if you want to. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Very good. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been so helpful. So yes, awesome. yoga, uh, hotforyogascv.com. And we'll have that listed in the show notes, guys. And again, we'd love to have some of you join us uh, Mondays for Jeff's uh, class that I, I try to attend most Mondays. And uh, to segue to music before we let you go i did want to circle around i love that black swan record i think i've told you that before any yeah. plans to work with those guys again do any yeah, more absolutely. music actually rev was going to be coming here next week rev beach wow so, okay right um but but you know it's really bad and the covid thing in la is really bad right now and we both kind of agreed that probably not the smartest time right. so but at some point in in next uh, in this year uh we will write and then I'll start working with Robin and, you know, so yeah, the, the plan oh, is cool. to have another record. Robin like McCauley. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. McCauley, yeah. Right. yeah. Great. Great album from, I think early 2000, when did that come out? Mm, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Early. Yeah. Great no, stuff. No, no. 2020. Yeah. yeah. Early 2020. Yeah. yeah. In February of 2020, which yeah. means the pandemic kind of shut that down too. So yeah. I'm very excited that a lot of people have reacted so positively to it. And um and the label definitely wants us to make another record. They're excited about it. So, Great so yeah, we'll start writing hopefully soon. And going back, I guess I had such great memories. I might have been 2018. I guess it was Foreigner at PNC Art Center in New Jersey with White Snake. Man, what a night that was! Uh, yeah, yeah, so much fun. And Jason. It, oh no, Jason. Is, yeah, that, yeah, that was Jason Bonham opened. Then White Snake. Then you guys. Yeah. Uh, just uh, like a sold out crowd, 17,000 people there. Amazing night. Yeah. When are we going to get concerts back? Well, do you think we'll be getting Foreigner back on the road this late well, summer? I or? know that we're booked. I mean, we, we actually have a, a lot of shows booked for 2021. Uh, the first of them being two outdoor shows in Orlando at the end of March. Wow, and they're okay. in outdoor venues that have been specifically set up for social distancing and for safety. So um, I, I'm pretty sure those will happen. They've been doing shows at that venue. So we're going to venture out and do that at the end of March. There's a few other Florida shows in there that I, I'm fairly confident will happen because they're private shows. But the fingers are crossed that by summer we have real yeah. live full-on entertainment again. I Just, think it could happen, Jeff, and, and I'm hopeful it happens because we need you back out there on the road rocking us yeah, and, and giving us so. that... Uh, entertainment in that release i got my first uh dose of the vaccine today so i'll i'll, I'll be more more than ready to rock in about a month <laughs> yeah, good for so. you i i gotta get mine soon i mean i certainly want to get it before march but it, yeah yeah it was kind of a fluke how i got it i um 
I signed up on the website here early and uh, it was before the CDC guidelines went into place. Uh, long story short, there was an opening that they couldn't fill by a healthcare worker. So they called me and I, I went down and got it. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I've so heard it's happening. Cases like that. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. And thank you for keeping me sane with the meditation class. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. And again, we'll have info in the show notes, guys regarding the class and also uh we'll link black swan's uh, most recent record and of course the heavy hitters record too so great great, great. stuff thank you jeff thank you mark great i'll see you on monday yeah hope to see you monday <laughs> eight o'clock eastern time. you got it man thanks a million okay thank Talk you soon. yep bye, -bye. All right. A brand new interview right there with Jeff Pilsen. I'm very excited because he revealed, I believe, for the first time that there is a new Black Swan record in the works with Macaulay. Uh, what's it? Robin Macaulay. Robin Macaulay. Yeah. Red Beach back in the fold. I'm not sure. I guess. What's the drummer's name? Matt Starr. Matt Starr. He didn't mention Matt Starr, but I'm assuming he's involved again. So good stuff. Thanks to Jeff for, for doing that. And we are still hanging here with the two co-founders of this podcast, we started it 900 episodes ago. Alexi Leho uh, of Children of Bodom recently passed away. John. That is so tragic. And, uh, you know, I I got up early and I, I'm one of these idiots that sleeps with the phone in the bed, like in my hand. Right. And uh, uh, I I saw your your post on Facebook and I immediately shared it without writing anything. I just shared it. And uh, I couldn't believe it. Like it, that really struck me. Um, yeah, we interviewed him. Remember uh, the? I know at least once, maybe twice. I'm not sure. Yeah, we, we. I remember there was a phone call, the and then we, the and then we yeah. yeah, and then we did a backstage interview too. But right. uh, I went back, and Alexi was on episode. Talking Metal episode 54. Again, we're at 905 wow. now. And that was yeah. in 2006. And I have been going crazy, going through hard drives, going through old CD-ROM discs, looking for that interview and okay. looking online. And sadly, I can't find it anywhere. So I don't know if you have it somewhere. You know, but I'm going to look. Now, here's my, my question is, did we delete these from the, the old Captain T? server so, i i'm afraid to tell you but yes some of them were deleted and okay. it, oh, uh, before fine. episode 100 like there was some weird thing like uh, here's what happened when we moved the rss feed and i let my captain t website expire oh, okay and basically I screwed up. So we no, don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry. I will we go did lose some episodes. I have yeah. some of them. Like I, it's weird. I found like some random episodes, like episode 60 and episode 34. And I, but I, I did not find episode 54 and I'm well, I, I, very I confident look. to say I don't have it. Okay. Well, I will take a peek and see if I got it. I, I have, you know, I have, like you said, actual CDs with, uh, data on them. I have hard drives with data and uh, I will start looking. For yeah. It. Yeah. And I know it's a, you know, take your time. I know it's a, now, a project. you know what? You want to hear a funny thing. Actually, I accidentally erased. I believe, no, no, it wasn't children of a It was, um, 
the the band from Italy. Well, I erased the Striper interviews, the original um, ones I did, but um, uh, Lacuna Coil. Coil yeah. I erased photos of. Remember, remember that long time ago? I lost yeah. the Lacuna Coil photos, um, I believe. But uh, yeah, so I've erased Lacuna Coil. Uh, coil photos uh, before we ever used them. And I erased some amazing striper interviews that were long, like with Michael Sweet and with all the band members uh, before, uh, you know, it even aired. And then I got secondary interviews that were quick and short. But um, so, yeah, everybody does that. And it's it's uh, it sucks. I, that, yeah, yeah it sucks. Know. But uh, I'm no longer like broken up about stuff like that anymore. I mean, remember our, our Frankie Benali interview got erased? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah that, that wasn't that our sucked. fault. That was an accident in the studio. But I another another great drummer that we lost in, in yeah. 2020. We mentioned yeah. Neil Peart earlier, but a lot <laughs> a lot of people left us. Yeah, Eddie and. Yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, I just Lee, Lee Kerslick, speaking of great. Oh, Lee, yeah, he, Lee, he left us in 2020. Um, yeah, from who played on the he played on the Saucy records, right? Yeah, yeah. Both OK, I, I'm going to Google something right now, because guess what? I made a new musical discovery um, today or yesterday. All right. Um, it's not. Oh, well, OK. Well, it's Allison. Like, no, no. Ariana. That's that's the name. Ariana. Okay, I'm gonna. Why don't you uh, bring up something, and then I will come in with my. Uh, well, I tell you uh, what, we're gonna we're gonna um, get to a classic album segment, and then after that, okay. we're gonna do a, a little thing with Carmine Apice, who is a, a okay, great nice. drummer, and he's gonna oh, talk. I love about, Carmine. Yeah, it's a short little clip from him, but I spoke with him in his apartment before COVID, uh, and I'm just kind of unearthing that stuff now. Oh, cool. And you'll be able to watch it on our YouTube channel, but I'm going to play you the audio here today. It's Carmine talking about his time in Ozzy's band, some colorful stories of his interactions with Sharon and, and Ozzy, so stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, so let's we'll we'll wrap it up here, John, with with you, and then we'll get to that other stuff. But okay, uh, so you want to hear about my my yeah. new discovery first? Yeah, okay. first I want to hear about your new right. discovery, and then yeah, I'm going to tell you a quick comment story before just to tie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's together. do it. So anyway, there's there's a young female guitar player named Ariana Powell, and uh, P O W E L L. Okay, She's from Pennsylvania, my home state. And um, I believe she went to Duquesne University, which I think is in the Pittsburgh area, uh, which is also where I'm from. And um, and she's from the, I believe, Bethlehem area, right near Mark, where we saw Kiss on the Revenge opening. Oh, yeah. Yep. Stabler Arena. So anyway, she's a uh, uh, she's she reminds me. But, you know, she's. She's, in my opinion, is in the league with like the Orianti, um, uh, Nita Strauss, uh, and you remember back, you know, Jennifer Batten from uh, Michael Jackson's sure. band, yeah, yes. who I had uh, hung out with and ate a, like a meal with in at, at the Ryman Auditorium in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, the Grand Old Opry, um, and uh, but she's she's she plays a little more jazzy. Um, but she's, uh, she's toured with the black eyed peas. She's toured with Nick Jonas, uh, a, a little bit different stuff, but she, 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 of course is a metal fan. She 
She loves Kirk Hammett. She used to learn his solos. And and I, I she she's probably between 25 and 30, closer to 25. And uh, I am blown away by her playing. So if you go to YouTube and search Ariana Powell, she has her own channel. Okay. And she is just out of control. So that got me looking up all kind of cool stuff. And there was uh, uh, a really great uh, piece with Orianti featuring Steve Vai called Highly Strung. Okay. And um, it, it, I, I all um, of the, I mean, everybody should check out Ariana because she's a great guitar player and she has a really cool, uh, she does like Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It's a, not heavy metal, but it's killer. Uh, but if you want to hear um, a killer like hard rock and metal tune, check out this Highly Strung by Orianti featuring Steve Vai. And it is uh Amazing. And now this might be old news to most people, but it's new news to me. And uh, I mean, here's the deal, Mark. We, we love music, but there's so much out there. We, we can't be experts in every single piece by everybody who came out, you know, so right. I'm discovering that now I'm getting I'm getting more into music. Um, oh, uh, I, I, I'm going to just leave it just do a quick statement and I'll, I'll tell you more privately, but I jammed with Ace. Can you believe that on? Yeah. Yeah. You told me that. That's amazing. How Congratulations. Amazing that? Yeah. We, we ran through a bunch of songs. It was great just for fun. And uh, so I'm getting back into playing drums again. Um, I've got, a, I've got three kits in my apartment uh, townhouse. I, I got Eric Carr's drums. I've got a Tama kit in the basement and I've got a, um, a uh, electronic kit that I practice on. So that, that was really cool. And then the quick tie this into Carmine is that uh, the first day that I got this focus, right interface and the electronic drums, I recorded a, like a, like a 30 second or one minute clip of uh, the song blue murder by blue murder. And um, just with me playing drums, guitar, and bass, and uh, just for the fun of it, I, I sent it to you, and I sent yeah. it to Carmine, and um, I said, Carmine, what do you think? And and uh, Carmine thought he goes, not bad. He goes, you know, which to, for for Carmine to tell me not bad, that that is like killer. Yeah. Like that's like a good thing because Carmine is like a virtuoso drummer, and so. Um, he said it wasn't bad. And he, he said, you know, here's what you did right. Here's what you missed. And uh, it was great to get a great critique from Carmine on that. And uh, and I, I wasn't trying to play it note for note, but um, I, I wanted to get the the vibe together. And, and I love that shuffle drum uh, figure that he's doing. And, and of course, all of Carmine's drumming. Uh, he's he's, in my opinion, one of the best. And, he, in, you know, I, I am so uh you know, blown away that, that both of us know Carmine and uh, he's such a cool, great, great guy. And uh, it, it, I can't wait to hear this segment. Yeah. So let's, let's do this. I, I will mention, you were mentioning a, a, fem, a female guitar player. You discovered uh, my friend, Chris Chung sent me this, um, this chick, this young chick who is pretty impressive in numerous ways. Uh, Kiki <laughs> Wong, you got to check her out, man. Okay. Uh, she's I'm on Instagram. Kiki Wong? Yes. Is yeah. she in music or is she just like a hot chick? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. <laughs> Kiki, like K-E-K-E? K-I-K-I-W-O-N-G. Okay. K-I-K-I Wong. I'm going to look her up now. Yeah. And she does uh, oh, wow, actually. She looks, yeah, I can see her. 
She, I she see look, a flame like uh, Black Less Power looks like. Yeah, she does an amazing tribute to Alexi of Children of Bodom on oh. her Instagram page. So check that out. And without further ado, we are going to have to wrap it because I have to go put my kids to bed. But let's get into a classic album segment. And that'll be followed by my little chat with Carmine Apiece about his time in the Ozzy Osbourne band. Awesome, Mark. <laughs> Always great to talk with my old buddy, John Astronomy, the guy who I founded Talking Metal with back in 2005. Let's now segue into our classic albums. So the last two that I did, Steeler and Accept, definitely 80s era metal records definitively. We're going to go in a different direction today, guys. I am talking Welcome to Sky Valley by Caius Oh, fuck yeah, man. It's so freaking good. So freaking good. And not everybody gets it. I understand. It's it's a club, man. And everyone's welcome, but not everyone stays in the club after, after their lit, first listen to this album. Because, again, it's not for everyone, but it is for me, absolutely. Caius, welcome to Sky Valley. This is the first album I ever listened to by Caius. The year was 1994, and I was working at MTV Networks in New York City. Back in the days of CDs, the record labels would send over free promotional copies of their artists for the important people at MTV and VH1 to check them out. Uh, I was not one of those important people, by the way. Uh, They would discard the CDs they didn't want outside of their offices in a pile on the floor. Then in turn... The CD vultures would circle in and scoop them up. At the time, I was one of these vultures. We were a bottom-dwelling, low men on the totem pole. I don't know if you can still say that with the the Indian reference, but uh, whatever. Uh, We were a low men on the totem pole group that consisted of production assistants, videotape librarians, that would be me, and mailroom workers. The CDs came home to my 350-square-foot apartment, and I would crack open a beer and check them out. Sometimes maybe smoke a little something, too. Uh... I would take the CDs I didn't want down to the used record stores on St. Mark's Place, places like Sounds, Kim's, all those places. There's a bunch of them all in St. Mark's, which is in the East Village of Manhattan. Anyways, I'd take all these these promotional CDs that I scooped up at work and, and, and take them down there, and I'd sell them to these stores. And depending on my loot, I could make anywhere from ten to thirty dollars, which in nineteen ninety four for Mark Striegel was a was not bad. Anyway, Welcome to Sky Valley by Caius didn't go over so well at MTV Networks in nineteen ninety four, which meant I ended up with about seven or eight copies of this album that I picked up off the floor throughout the hallways of fifteen fifteen Broadway, the Viacom building in the middle of Times Square where MTV was headquartered. I kept one for myself and then tried to sell the rest of them down on St. Mark's Place along with other albums that I had acquired. I can't remember if the stores bought the Caius albums from me. It's quite possible they didn't because every industry CD vulture like myself was also trying to sell Welcome to Sky Valley for a little extra spending money. CDs that I couldn't sell would go in the trash can located on the corner of 3rd Avenue and St. Mark's Place. Did I throw away a bunch of copies of this incredible album? Honestly, I think I did. It's quite possible. After a few weeks, the one copy I did keep of Welcome to Sky Valley ended up in my CD player. 
My first reaction was that it was radically different from everything and anything I was listening to at the time. This was nowhere close to grunge or any of the other popular loud rock music in 1994. Was this a 1970s throwback to something that never really existed in the 70s? After my first listen, I was completely baffled. So I decided to listen again, and then again, and then again. Finally, Welcome to Sky Valley by Caius clicked, and I loved every second of it. Even when I was listening to this album on a low volume, you could feel the deafening power. It's tough to compare the sound that Caius gave us to anything that came before. Sure, there was other doomy, sludgy sounds that preceded them from bands like Trouble, Cathedral, or even Ozzy-era Black Sabbath, but none of that was really very close to what Caius was doing. Throughout the album, with incredible songs like Space Cadet, Supa Scoopa and the Mighty Scoop, and the haunting instrumental Asteroid, we are taken on a stoned and dangerous, out-of-control, off-road, desert dune buggy joyride. The addition of bassist Scott Reeder, who is distinctively different from former bass player Nick Oliveri, really took this album to a new place for the band that felt more free and unrestrained than their previous releases. The album also featured John Garcia on vocals, Brant Bjork on drums, and primary songwriter Josh Homme on guitar and backing vocals. Co-producer Chris Goss's influence on Welcome to Sky Valley is also a vital piece of the pie. Chris, of course, played with Masters of Reality. My favorite song on the album is Demon Cleaner, which musically seemed to be a glimpse of Josh's future four years later with his massively successful band, Queens of the Stone Age. Caius is far more popular now than when they actually were an actual band. After Josh hit stardom with Queens of the Stone Age, people went back and discovered this masterpiece, and it is now viewed by many as a classic. I still listen to it frequently, and it never gets old or feels old. It is, to my ears, awesome. Guys, check it out. Welcome to Sky Valley by Caius. I don't know if you call Caius doom metal. I know Sam Dunn. He, he grouped them in the doom metal category when he did his big chart categorizing all these bands. But, you know, there isn't a lot of similarity between a band like, you know, Candlemass and Caius, and they're both under the doom metal category, according to Sam Dunn. But whatever, whatever it is, I love it. All right, cool. Let's go here. Uh, let's wrap this show up. Carmine, a piece so great I did a four four hour freaking interview with him in his apartment and I've posted numerous clips on YouTube some on my Vimeo page and finally getting around to getting some of them out to you so you can check a video version of this out on my YouTube page which is youtube.com slash talking metal and my fire alarm is going off in my house so I guess I should uh run for cover and evacuate the kids from the house okay here we go a little carmine here on talking metal let's get into the ozzy osborne okay years ozzy you had known for some time right yeah we did our first gig with ozzy cactus and Black Sabbath. And the opening act was Steel Mill and had Bruce Springsteen there. Right. A pretty funny night. 
everybody became legendary yeah. <laughs> on that gig. And when I joined Ozzy, I was in the south of France doing a, a clinic at a convention there. And my manager, Alan Miller, called me and said, you know, Sharon Osborne's looking for you. I said, what did I do? Right. You know? So he said, well, uh, I think they want you to join Ozzy's band. I said, really? So here's the numbers. They're in London. You're in France. Why don't you call them? So I called them and basically they said, can you come to London and meet with us? I said, yeah, I can rearrange my schedule. Right. And I went to London. They had a hotel. I met with them, met with Ozzy and Sharon, and everything was great. You know, and they said, you know, we'd love for you to play with us. And I said, what happened to Tommy Aldridge? He goes, well, we're doing the Bark at the Moon record, and his tempo's terrible, and they want you to go in the studio to help Tommy Aldridge's drum sounds. I had a contract. Yeah. In my contract, I had my own merch on the tour. Right. Name on the drums is cool. From the studio, we flew the SST when they had the supersonic jets. Right. Me and Ozzy flew the SST to London to do the video. The rest of the band was there, Bob Daisley, Jakey e. Lee, Don Airy. What a great band. Yeah. You know, and then we did that video, and then uh, we had to start the tour. And we did the first shows in, in Europe. It went great. Yeah. Everything was good. We did that Dortmund Festival. Uh, everybody was on that festival. Def Leppard, J Judith Priest, all the big band, heavy metal bands of, of the day. And I did my solo was televised. The solo happened during what, Center of Eternity? Was yeah, that, yeah. yeah, Journey to Center of Eternity. And that was the you know, my big showcase for the tour. But I was you know, doing all my twirls and playing it, and everything was great Right. in Europe. And I did want to point out at this at this point, your your instruction drum books are doing well. Oh yeah, I'm. You're awesome. you're. I'm doing clinics. Which was really a revolutionary thing, you know. Nowadays, all everyone has their own instructional video or yeah, book, but you were really the first I to did put the out first these. One. I was the these, first rock musician to do a clinic, and I told Sharon that we were lining up master classes in every market, or as many markets as we can. And the master class was 50 people, paid 30 bucks a head, that I would get. So that's $1,500 a day, mm -hmm. right? I don't think Sharon liked it, you know, because I'm on their dime. And you were able to sell your own t-shirts and stuff yeah, too. Yeah, I had I my own t-shirts, so I'm making a lot of money. I'm yeah. getting paid from Ozzy and per diems from Ozzy. I'm traveling on their dime, and I'm making all this money in master class. After six or eight weeks of this, she finally said, you know, she kept busting my balls, you right. know, including one day in Cincinnati, I did an article in the Cincinnati newspaper. They were talking about me playing, doing this master class and me playing with Ozzy. So that night I come from the master class and I go backstage and I see that article, like copied, 30, 40 of them, plastered all over the backstage. And then my roadie comes up and said, hey, CA, we got a problem. I go, what? He goes, how's that the shirt? He goes, I go, what, what happened? He said, somebody cut the head off the shirt. I said, ah, so they're just busting my balls. He goes, yeah, but all the shirts. All the shirts that you were going to sell that all night. All the shirts on, in the box. Essentially vandalized. Yeah. Yeah. I said, what? They cut the heads off the shirt? Who the fuck did that, you know? And just then everybody said, come on, I got to get ready to go on stage. I'm like fuming. Right. You know? So I go on stage and I'm beating the drums. I'm thinking it's Sharon, you know? Yeah time comes for the solo. Now, now when you're up that high, you're 15 foot in the air, the roadie's behind me on a little perch. He hits me in the back when the stage is gonna move. Right. He hits me, I'm on the snare drum. Stairs open, I'm on the snare drum, right. nothing happens. So I'm screaming, what's going on? 
and he's on the walkie-talkie. And you know, after a minute, I realize the stage ain't gonna work. So I do the solo. I get the same reaction I normally get. I had glowing storm chicks, I had all this stuff going on. So I said to Bob Daisy, you think she would sabotage her show because of that article? That she saw the same night that the article is plastered all over the place yes. the, sh and, the, and the shirts the are vandalized yeah. yeah bob said without a doubt she just did that to get back at you wow and then a couple of weeks later we're playing dallas i see tommy aldrich hanging around little i know he was there to replace me wow you know so the next day in houston we had a great show and, you know after a great show everybody's going wow great show that was you know, everybody played great even ozzy you know yeah. And a message from the tour manager, Sharon wants to see you in the production office. I go in there and she's shaking her head and goes, what's up, Sharon? She goes, I think you know, you know, what a, that kind of attitude. Right. No, I don't know, what's up? Yeah. She goes, well, you, you've seen Tommy Aldridge hanging around? Yeah, well, he's starting the tour Monday. You're fired. I said, what do you mean I'm fired? Right. I have a contract with you. I'm fired? Why am I fired? She says, your name is too big. You need to start your own band. Yeah. We need more of a sideman like Tommy. Right. I said, well, you know, I was just blown away, you know, because it was going great. You know, and, I still and, had master classes lined up for the future cities. Right. Which I had to go to and do the master classes while Ozzy was playing the arena. I'm doing a master class. Yeah. You know, and that really pissed me off. Yeah, and then when I did my book and I, there was an article came out, I think it was, it was, a major website. Right. So, Carmine a piece, Sharon Osborne, the nastiest woman in rock. Yeah. And they called her for a, for a comment. Yeah. She goes, I don't even know who that is. Right. right. That's ridiculous. Then, at some point, years later, Ozzy comes up to you. We had gotten a deal with King Cobra and we were rehearsing at Mates Studios and Ozzy was auditioning drummers. He goes, hey, Carm, how are you, mate? And I said, good. And he gave me a hug. And he said, I know you and my missus have problems because I was suing them right. at the time. And he goes, but I hope we can still be friends. I go, yeah, Oz, I know it's not you. He goes, what are you doing? Sharon told me to get my own band together, so I did. And it's called King Cobra. I bought these vehicles, so we're painting it all white. Right. So I'm up on the ladder. I'm putting, like, paper on the, on the window. She goes, you need a hand? I go, sure. So I put Ozzy on the ladder and he was on the other side putting the, the tape and, the, and the, the brown paper on the windows, you know? Right. And, you know, we, we remain friends. Thanks so much to Jeff Pilsen. John Astronomy and Carmine Apiece for joining me. Let's, man, do the meditation class with me, guys. It's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I'd love to see you there. And uh, yeah, man, I tell you, I leave that class just feeling like, wow, wow. Yeah, my mind is is like tuned in, man, it, and it feels good. It's a it's a good rush. Jeff does a great job with that. So I, ho I hope some some of you guys join us in the meditation class. Good stuff. Anyways, I'll talk to you next time. Again, don't forget, please support me with a Patreon pledge. Patreon.com slash Talking Metal uh, subscribe to my other podcast, Talking with Mark Striegel, and uh, keep rocking until next time. We'll see you next Tuesday. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait.
Auto Trader.